Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid. Subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired Keep evolving. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. And it is a powerful treat to be here today. We have with us Lynn McTaggart. Lynn, how are you? I am great. Nice to be with you. Oh, the pleasure is ours. For those tuning into Lynn for the first time, she's an award-winning journalist and the author of seven books. I would personally consider her a spiritual leader for the work um, then on, that she's done on the power of intention and consciousness. But her books include the worldwide international bestsellers, The Power of Eight, The Field, The Intention Experiment, and The Bond. Uh, these have been translated into 30 languages. Her work is spread far and wide over the world. It is such a treat to have you here doing this with us today. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here with you. I just want to start straight out of the gates, going straight into it. Um, when did, like, the, the power of intention, um, should we start with potentially defining what intention is and then potentially I can ask you when this first came to you? So what do you define? How do you define intention? Well, I define intention as uh, the thoughts we're having all the day, all the time. Um, yeah. Most people think of intention as a power thought, you know, the thought you have, let's say when you're meditating in the morning and you are sending out what you want, your little request to the universe. 
But what we've discovered in the new science is that we are beaming out light all the time. We are beaming out a tiny current of light. And our thoughts, we know from all of the evidence that our thoughts are trespassers going out there all the time and affecting other people and things. There is a massive amount of evidence to demonstrate that our consciousness has that power. And <clears throat> just think about it. If that's the case, and we're beaming out 24 seven, mm -hmm. then all of our thoughts we have, all of that stuff that rattles through our heads, and we've got 70,000 thoughts a day, every single bit of flotsam and jetsam and you know every last mendacious thought we might have, that also is an intention and collectively becomes your life's intention. So one of the things that I try to teach is to start focusing on what it is that you are thinking all the time. And mm -hmm. most of the time with the students I work with, most of the time, three quarters of the time, what they're thinking about is negative and usually directed towards themselves. So whatever intentions they have, they're undermining. Why do you find that it is generally negative? Is that just a survival bias that we generally find um, the human evolution having gone through? Is that what you would put it down to? I think, or? you know, yeah, I think it has a lot to do with the culture. Mm. <clears throat> I don't think it's inbuilt in humans to feel negative about ourselves, but the culture we've created for ourselves is essentially an I win, you lose environment. Um, we were very, very, as a human species, we were very influenced and transformed by the ideas of Isaac Newton, who essentially, uh, even though he was a spiritual person, his ideas pulled spirituality out of the center of the universe. And describe the world as a collection of separate individual and self-contained things, very well-behaved things operating according to fixed laws in time and space. And his work was amplified by the work of Charles Darwin, who was very influenced by population explosion, the theories of the time and felt there just isn't enough to go around. So life must proceed through struggle. And mm -hmm. so that idea, <clears throat> that life is a race to the finish line, that there just ain't enough out there. Um, so we better damn well get there first. That mentality has just permeated every part of our culture. Mm -hmm. And so that really is behind negativity because it's, I'm not good enough. I'm not measuring up. I'm not as good as my other classmates. I'm not doing as well as the other people in my business. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And so we have this yardstick that we measure ourselves by based on that kind of culture. And that's really imbued us with a sense of I'm not enough. And so one of the things that's really important in intention is getting clear that you're beaming out 24 seven, that your thoughts are things that affect other things and how to make that much more dynamic and positive. I love that. And I was going to bleed into from there the 
like why is intention so important and is that potentially why fundamentally it's so important or is there more to it would you say because there is so much that's going on for us that left to our own vices and the culture that we're swimming in there is that negativity bias there is you know we're we're you know, I hate to put it this way, but it's the easiest way to put it. It's like when we're not feeling like we're enough, we're easy to sell stuff to, <laughs> you know. And when we're not feeling enough, we're easy to sell stuff to. I love that line. <laughs> I think that's so good. And that is so true. I mean, <laughs> I think that um, one of the reasons that intention is so important to address mm. your question is that your thoughts are gonna affect things, whether you're conscious of it or not. And the people I see over and over again that I teach where life just isn't going well for them. And I start listening to what their, their self-talk is about themselves. I think, oh my gosh, of course. You know, I have a friend who <clears throat> had everything going for her. She was an heiress. She married a great guy and they had a lovely child. She had, she was, you know, she had a great career, everything going really well for her. But I've never met anybody who is so negative about herself. Every, nothing is good enough. Nothing is good enough. We once had a holiday with them at one of the most beautiful places in Italy. And she was complaining the whole time. And we were staying in this amazing hotel. So that, that kind of, talk all the time and of course her life completely imploded and mm. it is what she intended it was what she was intending every last day if she's divorced problems with a child doesn't like her work you know nothing is great in her life and it's what she intended and so it uh, what i see all the time is that our thoughts are really powerful. I've seen thousands of cases of intention miracles where people, I have two people so far who have got up out of their wheelchairs. I mean, that one, uh, one paralyzed from the neck down. I mean, with the strain paralysis, I've got both of them on camera. So, <clears throat> I've seen tons and tons, thousands of miracles. So I know what the power of intention, particularly the power of, of group intention, small and large, can do. It's transformational. We were meant to do it. And we have this innate ability inside ourselves. And we just have to learn how to use it again. Mm -hmm. we, we knew when we were children, but it's been drummed out of us with, teachers telling us we don't have this miraculous powers or parents or authority figures. And so we come to believe it. We come to believe we are perilous to create our world. And as I say, I've seen so many miracles where people have healed every aspect of their lives, particularly in power vague groups, where I'm a firm believer that if we police these thoughts properly, we can really heal our lives. Mm. Mm. I love that thoughts affect things. And I love how simply you've distilled intentions are thoughts um, fundamentally. But uh, I also like the, uh, the, the sort of construct in my head that's forming, which is they're actually like power thoughts, um, which is really, really, really powerful. I really connect to that. 
Um, is that where the power of eight comes in? You were referring a little bit to um, collective intentions and setting them. Can you tell us a little bit about, uh, by the way, <laughs> preamble, I'm a massive fan of this body of work, but <laughs> I'll ask for the benefit of the audience. Um, is that where the power of eight comes from? And can you tell us a little bit about um, the power of eight? Sure. Well, you know, I stumbled on onto this. I mean, all of my work in the field of new science, the power of intention has all been a, uh, a journey that started about 20, 25 years ago, just when I wanted to find out why spirituality, you know, why spiritual healing works. Because I and my husband, Brian Hubbard, run a publication called What Doctors Don't Tell You. And we've run this for 31 years. Mm. And what we do is we look at the evidence of what works and what doesn't work in conventional and alternative medicine. And in fact, there's a version of it in is licensed in Australia. Um, <clears throat> and we... Um, we, were, we study the medical literature every month. And I kept coming across these really good studies of spiritual healing. And I kept thinking to myself, well, if a, you can have a thought and send it to someone else and make them better, then mm. that must mean that, you know, that, well, first of all, that completely undermines everything we think about how the universe works, that Newtonian <laughs> view of the world. <clears throat> Being discreet, but, yeah. <laughs> You know, that blows up in a moment, but also um, it must mean that there is something like energy fields in the human body. So mm. that set me on the journey studying and talking to um, consciousness researchers, really prestigious scientists working in consciousness research in prestigious universities around the world. And that Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. The result of that was my book, The Field. Um, and when I realized that all of these mild-mannered scientists were on the verge of this explosive revolution in thinking and how we think about our world. And, <clears throat> excuse me, but there was a bit of unfinished business there. Mm. There were still some things left to unpack and explore. Well, there was for me because mm. there was some really good evidence that, um, as I say, thoughts are an actual something with the capacity to change physical matter. So I have a background as an investigative reporter, and that kind of 
sense of skeptical inquiry has never left me. And so I kept thinking to myself, well, how far can we take this? You know, we talking about just very tiny subtle effects, you know, quantum yeah. particle movements, or are we talking about curing cancer uh, with our thoughts or stopping trains in their tracks? So I wanted to investigate this. And by then I knew all of these prestigious scientists. And I also had lots of readers around the world. As you say, it was field went into 30 languages. So I thought if I just bring them together, I'll have the biggest global laboratory in the world. So <clears throat> that's what I did. I started just inviting my readers every so often to come onto my website and do a collective intention for <clears throat> some um, particular experiment that had been set up by one of these scientists. And we started out small with seeds and leaves and trying to make seeds grow faster. In fact, one of those experiments I did in, an in front of an audience in Sydney, Australia, mm. and back in 2007. Mm. And we did, and it was amazing. I'll get back to that. And uh, water, we purifying water, lowering violence in war-torn areas, even healing someone of post-traumatic stress disorder. And so far now, I've run 40 experiments since 2007. And of those 40, which have all been measured by scientists in some capacity um, and different scientists, so we wouldn't be accused of bias, of those 40, 35 have shown measurable, positive, mostly significant effects. There's wow. no pharmaceutical no. drug out there with that kind of consistent track record. <laughs> Yeah. But Harvey came about because I wanted to scale this all down. Back in 2008, I just wondered, well, we were starting to see these really interesting results mm. with these big experiments with thousands of my readers, up to 25,000 in one time. And um, I thought, well, what happens if we, you know, we can coalesce this down into something smaller. The minimal so effective thinking, dose. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I was talking with my husband, who's a really good headline writer one day, and I said, he's also a journalist. And I said, well, I don't know, maybe I'll put people into small groups. This was talking about what we would do in this first workshop. I said, I'll put them into small groups of eight or so, and we'll have them send healing intention to a member of the group with the health challenge. And Brian turned to me and said, I love it, the power of eight. And so literally that's how the title got there. Um, and when we tried it, we expected it would have a very mild effect, you know, like a feel good effect, like getting your back rubbed. And that wasn't what happened at all. We'd put people into groups on the Saturday we did with our first workshop in Chicago. And the next day, when we had them come back to say, okay, recipients, tell us about how you feel. We had people saying things like, you know, I have, I, I have clinical depression and today I feel completely normal and great. I have arthritis and today I walk down to the class normally. I have cataracts and I'm 80% better. I mean, it was shocking. We were just astounded and, <clears throat> I was actually a bit alarmed because I thought, oh, this must just be a placebo effect. Yeah, but sounds miraculous. I, <laughs> you know, and yeah, I'm not a healer and all yeah. of those kinds of thoughts I had. And 
So then I started trying it more and more. Every time I would run a workshop or even starting to do it over the internet in classes, people got better. I mean, now thousands of people have got better, but <clears throat> not just healed themselves, but healed their lives. I'll give you an example. Um, one group, this is just one audience of mine. I gave a talk at um, the Mile High Church in, um, in, um, outside of, of Denver. And we must have had about five, 600 people in the audience. And I put people in groups of eight or so afterward. And we had one woman. I mean, this is just one little thing. I talked, they heard me for the first time. I put them in groups of eight, 10 minutes. We had one woman, Sandy, who uh, was due to have a knee replacement surgery. She couldn't even walk on her knee, wobbled, you know, wobbled when she walked. And after the group intention, she did a deep squat. And I heard, I followed up with her and she was able to cancel her surgery. Had somebody else whose eyes wouldn't focus and... um, because she'd had a stroke and her eyes were normal afterward. Um, she, she regained focus in her eyes. Someone else um, had a, 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 um, a dislocated shoulder and she, felt, and she was in terrible pain. And she said, it was like her shoulder just dropped back into place. And the pain wow. went from something like nine to two. And then we even had somebody who was a total skeptic, didn't believe a word of what I was talking about. And she had really bad back pain and her back pain was eased. So some of these were even senders. They weren't weren't recipients. And this is the first time they heard me. This is a 10 minute intention. So I see this all the time. As I said, my, one of the ladies, Maya, uh, the one of the last talks I gave before lockdown about 18 months ago, audience of about 700 in London, and <clears throat> put people into groups of eights at the end of my talk. And there's Maya sitting in the front. She's in a motorized wheelchair because um, she has this weird idiopathic paralysis that came and went. And it just came out of nowhere. No one knew why. And she was paralyzed from the, essentially uh, uh, from the neck down. And afterward, 10 minutes of intention, um, she might have been able to get, have help to, to stand if people helped her. And afterwards, somebody tried to, when she, we asked what happened to her, she pushed them away and said, I don't need that and stood up. And I have it on film and said, you know, I can, I can stand. I haven't been able to stand for months and et cetera. And because she was a dancer and, wow. and young woman, you know, only about 30, um, everybody was in, was imagining in her group, imagining her dancing and, and all of them talk about this extraordinary heat feeling it in the, the limb or whatever they need. Um, and it's, it's healing. But as I mentioned, it's not just health issues. We've had, we had a woman who was also part of a power of eight group. I just put together as a test and she and her husband had a business that was failing. Mm. And 
And the group did an intention for, because they had one client and the one client, big client, and the client was pulling out. Um, and so they had an intention to save their business. And suddenly out of nowhere, they start getting calls with new orders, new business. And business turned around overnight. I've had people who have been estranged with from their you know, children or their partner and healed. I had a woman last year in my, I, had, I run a year long master class where I put people, I teach people for six weeks or so and then put them into groups for a year and monitor them. And this year I'll be in the next one I'm running next in 2022. Uh, uh, um, I'll be doing clinics every month just to make sure they're fine. And, and they're doing what's happening and answering questions and helping them along and monitoring their progress. Anyway, we had this one woman who actually lives in Australia, Joy, who said, I want to open my heart to love now. I need to bring love into my life in some way. Out of the blue, and she's originally from the UK, out of the blue, she hears from a boyfriend of 35 years ago. 35 years ago, they start communicating, they start connecting, they're madly in love. He goes over to Australia, he goes through the quarantine and they are together. So that's what I see all the time. People yeah. who would tend for windfalls and they get exactly the 2,500 pounds or dollars or whatever they need. It's amazing, it's extraordinary. It is really incredible to hear you say that. It's, um, yeah, it's so much more um, than, yeah, so a big part of me feeling into intention before being exposed to your work um, felt yeah. uh, similar to that, like I would associate intention to prayer a lot in my own way, um, and I'm not sure if that makes sense. I'll unpack it a little bit. Um, so, I would imagine that, you know, like, and I used to remark on this quite a bit that, you know, like we pray for things, but a good prayer and good, pardon the, the language I need help with, but a good prayer doesn't in fact call in or manifest what it is that you're seeking. In fact, a good prayer changes you, you know, rather than changing the world. Um, so it's like, you know, when you're trying to, carry a prayer it's like you know hopefully you are changed by prayer rather than the world being changed by your prayer um and that was my direct experience in a big way of intention because i found holding an intention gave me a consistent focus like you said for it's like a power thought you know this year like yearly i set an intention for myself and this year it was simplicity and i've just been trying to keep things simpler and simpler and simpler and I won't talk about how hard it is to simplify. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but, you know, holding an intention for a year can be, you know, is is really like a, it's like holding that prayer for a year for myself is kind of how I feel. And, yeah, there's always been that essence um, to bring this home to the point I was trying to make was, you know, I've always felt like it changes, like the intention definitely changes you. Like you can just imagine if you're walking along the street carrying the intention of peace, um, versus, you know, carrying the intention of anger, you're likely to attract different things, but also see the world in a different lens and therefore behave in different ways. And, you know, that butterfly effect from that consequence, then, you know, you can imagine where that sort of leads and your imagination can run as wild as it needs to. 
But here this is less, well, I'm sure that's some component of it, um, just from my direct experience. But hearing you share the actual physical, like, you know, beyond the self dynamic experience that is had by others working with each other um, is, is, it's beyond profound. It's mystical, you know, and it starts opening up a whole, uh, I don't want to call it a can of worms, but in some ways Pandora's box <laughs> on, uh, on, you know, like what is it to be human? What is this experience? You know, what, where do we begin the other end and how powerful are our thoughts and, you know, how like, you know, yeah, just the impact we can have on each other. And so I think that bleeds me into the question of how do we go about doing this? You know, for those that are tuning in, um, is there a bit of formula? Is there a, is, how do we set an intention? How do we in, like use intention to support each other? Um, yeah, could you unpack some of that for us, Lynn? Sure. Well, first of all, about, about prayer. And yes, it is a form of prayer, of course. Um, when people think of prayer, they oftentimes think of a supplication, you know, mm. God, you decide for me, please. And that is, of course, hugely effective. I would never say it isn't. The reason I call it intention is everybody has a different view of what God is to them based on their background. Many don't believe in God or don't believe or are turned off by the idea of the man with the long white beard sitting in a cloud. In clouds. <laughs> you know? And yeah. so <clears throat> intention is like a secular form of prayer, but it's yeah. also, I like to call it a respectful request to the universe. Mm -hmm. Please, I'd like this. You know, this is what I want. And this is, it's also a directive to yourself and it's directive to the group. So here's a couple of thoughts about why the group is so powerful. Number one, you get to get off of yourself. One of the big, you know, one of the big problems with the new age community, the new age thinking is self-help. Mm -hmm. That is a dangerous, in my way, in my thought, um, that's a dangerous way of focusing um, because there is a massive amount of scientific evidence to demonstrate people who are focused all the time on the self um, are more likely to be depressed or more likely to be ill, more likely to not live great lives. And when you look at the other side of the coin, the evidence and the science of altruism, of helping in any regard, <clears throat> people who help, who are volunteers or help in any capacity, live longer, healthier, happier lives. Amazing. Altruism is like a bulletproof vest. So I with the power of eight group, what's so powerful about it is several things. One, you get to get off of yourself. And when people are stuck in my classes, I will usually say to him, them, get off of yourself. Mm -hmm. Just stop thinking mm -hmm. about yourself. Focus on somebody else and see what happens. And it's extraordinary what does happen. Andy Spiros, who was um, <clears throat> in one of my early ma uh, Power of Eight uh, Intention Master classes, the first one I ran, um, she was um, trying to get a new job because she was going through a divorce. 
She had two young children. She needed money. She'd sold her gift store and she wanted something new. And she was a really talented marketer and coach, but she couldn't get a job. It was amazing. And she's very outgoing too. She just couldn't. She was going up against all kinds of brick walls. So I was working with her. The group was working with her. They were trying different intentions. And so I finally just said, Andy, this is about the first time I did. Andy, get off of yourself. Start intending for this kid, a kid called Luke, who at the time was 15 and had broken up with his first serious girlfriend and in a fit of adolescent angst, threw himself off of a 40 foot structure onto hard ground. So Luke broke every bone in his body. He had brain damage, he had nerve damage. Doctors didn't think he was going to live. So I had the master class, all the groups, intend for Luke um, every week for a number of weeks. While his stepfather, who had alerted me to this, who was part of my community, kept a running commentary of what happened to Luke when we were doing the intentions. And Luke made amazing strides. And they seemed to be absolutely connected to those times we did intention. It was really fascinating. But, and Luke got out of the, he survived, he got out of the hospital in record time. He's now a normal 18 year old. I saw his parents a year ago and they showed me a photo of him. He looks great, Um, 19 years old now, I guess. So that was fantastic. But the more interesting, and you know, was that us, who knows? Was that good doctoring, who knows? point is he really did well but the more interesting thing is what happened to Andy because that next week right after she did the intention for Luke Andy gets a call out of nowhere offering her essentially a perfect dream job something just made for her so Mm -hmm. I've seen that over and over again Lisa um, Lisa Wheeler she she was trying to publish a book. And she's a bodywork practitioner who had come up with a new technique to heal trauma. And it sounded amazing, but she had never written a book before. She'd gone through three editors trying to get this book done and she was getting nowhere with it. And she was really frustrated. So, and the group kept intending for her and she just, nothing was happening. So I just said, and Lisa had a real sense of, nah, you're a loser. It's not going to happen to you, to herself. You know, real tend to be negative like we all are. So I said, Lisa, intend for someone else. So she did. She intended for someone in their group who had real money problems, some more problems than hers. And all of a sudden, the next week, she's walking by a store. She feels compelled to go in, even though she doesn't need anything in that store. And when she's there, she happens to meet somebody who she vaguely knew. And when they got chatting, it turned out that woman was a former publisher, now a book coach. And when she heard about Lisa's project, she offers to walk her through the whole process and, and helps her with the marketing and everything. Guess what? The book ends up with an Amazon bestseller. Wow. So I've seen this thousands of times. But one of the key pieces is that thing of getting off of yourself. Because I see as many healings, 
among the senders as the receivers. And that's the beauty of a power of eight group. You get to send and you get to receive. So that's one part of it. But the other part of it that's really interesting and important is oneness. The idea that you enter a sense of oneness in a power of eight group. That little separate ball of self that you usually walk around in gets bursts open and you are part of something much bigger. And we know that because I've studied the brain waves of what happens to people in groups. I worked with a team of neuroscientists at Life University, largest chiropractic university in the world. And they put their neuroscience department at my disposal, which was wonderful. We did a, a study um, and we're planning more. We couldn't for several years because of lockdown, but yeah. before lockdown, we did a study with student volunteers. We put an EEG cap on one member of each group one of the senders, and we found consistently across the groups that the very, very quickly, parts of the brain involved in separation. The parts of the brain back here, the parietal lobes here, uh, temporal lobes here, um, <clears throat> those parts that were involved in making us feel separate from things defining what's me, what's not me, mm -hmm. uh, helping us navigate through space. They were all turned way down, but so were the parts of the brain, the right frontal lobes, and they oftentimes house feelings of doubt, worry, negativity. They were also dialed way down. And although I thought, and we all thought, our results were gonna look like the brainwave studies of meditators, they looked nothing like that. They were completely the opposite. They were much more like the brainwave studies done carried out by Andrew Newberg at the University of Pennsylvania who did studies of Buddhist monks in ecstatic prayer and Sufi masters during chanting. Mm. So our people, those student volunteers who had never even meditated before, much less been involved in a power of a group were exhibiting the same brainwave signature, a sense of ecstatic oneness as people who had gone through years of training and discipline. So for me, the conclusion was that oneness is a real important secret sauce of the Power of Eight group. And also they are a fast track to the miraculous because you don't even have to know how to meditate. And you can do it. Amazing. So we've got our group. Let's say we've got eight. We've tapped into this collective energy of oneness. There's a cohesion there that's super present for us. And then how do we select intentions for each other? Or do we just randomly select intentions for each other and pump them each other's way? Or how do we get the rest of the seven behind the intention for the, the eighth? How does this, how would you prescribe okay. this? <clears throat> there are a lot of techniques um, mm. about intention. I teach 13 keys to intention mastery and, mm -hmm. and beyond. Um, but <clears throat> there's an important couple of points I can make. Number yeah. one, um, you all design the intention statement together mm -hmm. and you hold it together as you're doing your power of eight group. But here's the one big thing I would, I would say to everyone, two things. One is be specific, tell the universe exactly what you want 
don't do big intentions for world peace or um, winning the lottery because it, it's just too big, amorphous. What does that mean? What does it look like? Who are you focusing on? So focus on one place at a time. When I've done the big intention experiments, <clears throat> the ones that haven't worked, there've only been a few of them. The ones that haven't worked were usually because we weren't specific enough, I believe. Mm. And so be specific and you know, tell the universe what you want. Exactly, if you need $2,439.56, ask the universe for that. Don't ask, mm. win the lottery kind of thing. Be specific. And the other thing is, don't try to do a mashup of a lot of techniques. That, as I've just shared with you, we can see the meditation creates the opposite brain signature to intention. And so I don't know what happens if you mash up different techniques. So I always recommend people just, just follow my powering keep up it program. Pure, keep it simple. Posts. Keep it simple. Yeah. But yeah, you all hold it together at the same time. That's the beauty of it. That's what we used to do at our intention. And we, we continue to do with our intention experiments. I'd put up a great big intention statement. Everybody would think that, you know, bring it down to their hearts, send it out. And we, <clears throat> we would all hold that for 10 minutes together. So mm. that's really important. I wanted to tell you about my Sydney, Australia study. Yeah. So this is early on, 2007, when we had just started it, we had, I was working with the University of Arizona and Dr. Gary Schwartz, a noted psychologist. He and his lab ran the study. So they gave me photographs of a set, four sets of seeds on a tray, each of them. Um, labeled A, B, C, D. And our, my job was, and they had these four sets of seeds back in, in, in Tucson, Arizona, waiting for me to say the experiment was over. So here's my audience of 700 in Sydney, Australia. I tell them to choose one set of seeds. We do an intention to make those seeds grow a particular rate at a certain time. I don't tell the scientists which ones we've chosen. I tell them it's finished and that's the cue for them to plant all four sets of seeds. So <clears throat> after the thing is, after they've waited about five days, they measure this all four sets of seeds. And at that point I unblinded the study. And guess what? The seed scent intention grew significantly higher than controls. And we ran it five more times in different locations and over the internet always the seed scent intention grew significantly higher than controls. Now, just think about this for a minute, because this is really important for virtual power bait groups. We are yeah. there with an audience. I'm there with an audience of Sydney, at Sydney, Australia, right? The seeds are sitting in Tucson, Arizona, 8,000 miles away. And we're not even sending intention to the seeds. We're sending an intention to the photograph of the seeds. And yet we're having this kind of an effect. So think about the implications of that psychic internet we created through mm. our conscious intention, our focus. So when I talk about power of eight groups, they don't have to be in person. You can have virtual power of eight groups, which it sounds like you do. And they work just as well. And in my classes, when I put people in power of eight groups for a year, um, I have 
had power bait groups that meet have met for years and they've never actually met each other. And yet this is their tribe. This is their intention family. These are the people, these are the people they're probably closest with. And I see that happens over and over and over again. It's, it's really amazing. So that's the other advantage of a power of eight group, particularly in these lockdown times mm. and these pandemic times, this becomes a alter family for you. Yeah. I love that. The, yeah, the, so many remarkable bits to, to that story in Sydney. Thank you so much for sharing that. And not like the proximity piece is actually a really big piece that you've touched on there. Like you, like, you know, the seeds are in the States and, you know, the people are praying for them or the people with the intention for them, sorry, pardon me, uh, in Australia, you know, and that proximity. And that reminds me of, um, there's some really interesting studies going on. They're actually, you know, and what I'm hearing is like, uh, a little bit around the quantum field and the, like the the potential for entanglement because actually I was um came across this really interesting study and I'm nervous to mention it because I wasn't sure how well reviewed it was but they were under they were hoping to run this experiment of sending two lovers like leaving one here on earth and sending another out into space because love <laughs> is quite a profound feeling um and quite a profound connection right and so they would hope that, you know, one person like sending messages from the one in space to the one on earth through this kind of intuitive field quantum entanglement connection piece. And it sounded like when I was reading this, I was like, this is a really reputable journal. Like, what am I reading? And this is like, oh, this is really interesting. Like, and then as I started to unpack that, I was like, okay, when I reflected on it, it was like, that's not as weird, like, as it sounds. Like, we wake up in the middle of the night going, like, you know, oh, someone and someone needs a phone call because I feel like something's happened. Like, the number of time, you know, this is, you know, I'm, I'm you know, drawing an example out of thin air, but, you know, oh, I think something's happened to Greg. I need to give him a call. And you give him a buzz. You know, there are these connections in this field. Um, so, yeah, it, it really the proximity and like what's possible um, really like takes opens up the lid on that. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that example. Absolutely. Um, and that is one thing, you know, one thing I teach is how to uh, send and be recognize the intentions of other people. Mm. So that is, a, we do have all kinds of psychic connections there. There's plenty of evidence that we feel the intentions of others. Institute of Noetic Sciences did study years ago showing that when one partner was sending healing intention to his ill partner, and they had them in different rooms, they had them hooked up to all kinds of physiological equipment, but at those, and they timed when the, when the person would, the, the sender would randomly send healing intention, the recipient and the sender had coordinated heart rates brain waves. They were identical. They started mimicking each other. Skin conductance, the rate of blood going to their extremities, breathing. You know, their two bodies were becoming one. They were becoming totally entrained. So we see that. But also, I mean, there is Edgar Mitchell, the famous late astronaut, did one of those ESP type experiments coming back from the moon and had pretty good results. So he did something like what you're talking about too. So there is, 
Yeah, we are entangled. We are all entangled. Um, there is a huge blur between where I end and you begin. And that is the extraordinary part of it. And once, mm. once again, mm. these are all qualities, ESP, precognition, intention. These are all miraculous um, uh, qualities and capabilities and abilities we all have. We just have to relearn remote viewing. I mean, and doing all of this out of time. Many, many studies showing that that pairs of remote viewers, the pair studies at Princeton University, um, I think two thirds of them, of all of the successful ones were run as precognitive, meaning the, um, the remote viewer would be in the lab, the traveling partner would be given an envelope for some random place to go that would be anywhere from around the corner to 2000 miles away. And he would go there and the remote viewer would have, not knowing where he was, would have to draw and describe where, where his partner was. So two thirds of the successful trials entailed a situation where the remote, the traveling partner was not even given the envelope yet. And his remote viewing power had, uh, partner had to draw and describe where he was going to go before the other guy even knew where he was Whoa. going. And they are extraordinarily accurate. There are drawings they've shared, pictures, descriptions that are unbelievable. And this is before the traveling partner even knew where he was going. So how about that for connections, entanglement through time too. So there are all of these kinds of qualities that we do have um, that we just need to relearn how to do. And that's, that's one of the things that I, I am trying to do all the time with my work and my classes, et cetera, to show people and open them up to the remarkable and miraculous abilities we all have. I love that. And then if people want to connect deeper to your work is, uh, Obviously, the power of eight is something I can't not recommend. <laughs> it's like what brought me into all the way to you. Uh, but is it like, what is the best way to connect to your work? Okay, thank you. Um, come to lynnmctaggart.com and I will tell you, I'm, I've just opened the doors to my once a year power of eight intention masterclass. I always get a lot of people from Australia too. So we set up, when we set up power of eight groups for everyone, we set up groups in Australia too. So mm. we make sure that people are put together with people in their time zone. But I have people who get up in the morning <laughs> for my classes from Australia. However, everything is recorded, but it's a year long course. I put you through intention boot camp, and then I work with you through the year and you've got your own power of eight intention tribe. So if you're interested, check that out and all of my other courses, material. I do a blog. I do a podcast. Um, uh, I do intention experiments. Mm. So we've been running those now to heal polarization. So check out all of that on lynnmctaggart.com. Awesome. We'll put a link to that um, and the masterclass uh, in the um, in the show notes below. So one of the things just before I let you go was uh, hoping to get some feedback from you around my own little um I guess the way I'm running intention in my life at the moment, I know there's a lot that I'm taking away from this conversation, um, specifically around, 
yeah, uh, you know, collectively setting intentions for each other and even just like uh, a partnership, two people sitting to set an intention for each other and uh, just how beautiful that really could be, touch wood. So that was really beautiful for me. Um, one of the ways that I use intention at the moment is I alluded to it before I set an intention for the year and I sort of use it as almost like a rudder. I stopped setting goals um, uh, yeah, a few years ago just because they were so hoarse with a blinker on. It didn't allow for the universe's magic to sort of arrive in my life with spontaneity when it needed to because I was so focused on just this limited worldview because a goal was so smart but dumb <laughs> at the same time. I don't know how else to describe it. Pardon me for those that love smart goals. Um, so I carry an intention. And so, like I said, this year it's in uh, simplicity. But then also another thing that, you know, and this came from me living in the urban environment. I lived in a city a lot um, and I was hoping to find ways to connect to nature more. And grounding was a beautiful practice to go out, spend some time in the local parks with my feet on the earth. But another thing that I sort of went for was, you know, and I was very present to this through my wife. She, you know, women go through these hormone, like hormonal changes every, every, every 28 days, basically. You're connected to the cycles of the moon. Um, so I set the intention basically to every full moon cycle to try and set an intention for myself and sort of see what was coming through and hold it for 28 days and at the very least you know my intention around that was just to be more present and more connected to the cycles of nature and also you know there was like this essence of you know we used to be potentially more that way it's somewhat pagan if you want to call it that but there was something really wholesome that called me in around that and those are currently the two practices that really stay with like have stayed with me um every year there's an overarching intention if you will and there's 12 sub intentions that emerge and sometimes there's multiple intentions for the full moon cycle but um any feedback i guess on that um opening myself up to be vulnerable and sort of have you go that's great or that's audacious <laughs> i love that i love that you are following the moon cycles and i'll just tell you one thing <clears throat> in my book the intention experiment i talk about how we are affected by planetary energies um not only this well first of all we're hugely affected by the sun and solar flares and solar activity really affects mind over matter. Um, and there are certain times when the sun is um, do, having a lot of activity and that helps. There's also a lot of activity and evidence around the cycles of the moon and not just tidal effects as you're talking about, um, but also psychic events I mean, there've been some wonderful studies about you um, planning the time you're going to go to Las Vegas and <laughs> with the moon and that certain times there are much higher winnings than others. Mm -hmm. So what happens with the lunar cycles is we become a little bit more psychic at certain times. And I believe it has mostly to do with new moons you know, when there's no moon rather than full moon. So, and of course, there's a lot of lore and some evidence about, you know, the full moon makes us a bit loonier, you know, hence the name, you know, and there's more psychiatric, um, um, there's more psychiatric admissions and things like that around the uh, full moon. Policemen um, brace themselves for full moons and sometimes serial killers, Son of Sam in New York, um, most of the time he was shooting, it was, it was around the time of a full moon. But 
but the point is we do have cycles and it is a really good idea to get into a planetary rhythm because I like to call us an intergalactic superorganism because mm-hmm. that's what we are. We are mm-hmm. all attached and engaged not only to each other, but to the earth, the moon, the stars, the planets, all having an interaction. So if you can tie in some of your intentions, that's great. The other point is you can definitely set different intentions. I always tell my group, it doesn't have to be just one mega intention. You know, sometimes you can take it in stages or you can intend for different things at different times. Why not? And I love your intention about simplicity. We could sure all use some of that. Touch wood. Thank you so much for that. Lynn, before I let you go, your work has reached hundreds of thousands of people all over the world. Um, What is your inspired evolution? What do you see as being possible for the world and humanity living um, with more and more intention? Like what is the, what is your, do you have a vision? What, what, what calls you, what inspires you for the evolution of humanity? Okay. Well, what calls me is, and I want to leave this on an up note, but we are reaching the end of this mindset. Lots of people have talked about that, but we're really seeing it. We're seeing levels of corruption in business and in politics that are shocking. They've reached a shocking degree. We are in situations where we feel more and more out of control. The the mindset that brought us industrialization and capitalism brought us incredible and the world incredible wealth, but also threatens our planet. All of these things are coming together to say to us, you know, Bruce Lipton calls it, I think the sixth age of extinction. We have that possibility, but we also have the possibility to do it better. Mm. And I think that is really what's calling me now is, okay, how do we do this better and still maintain still maintain a healthy, independent economy, society, et cetera? And one of the ways that I think that we can do it better, um, my husband came up with a wonderful idea about a, a, a benevolent stock market. And it is all about, and I think with businesses, it's about rewarding the good. You know, we've got to a level of corruption where all kinds of evidence that is harming humanity is being hidden in products they could put out, et cetera. And so we have to punish. We have to create situations where people Mm. who do that are punished. People who do the good are rewarded financially, Mm -hmm. et cetera. So that's what's calling me. But also what's calling me is... um, bringing us back to smaller groups. You know, we, yes, globalization is important in lots of ways, but also we've lost the whole idea of tribes and neighborhoods, et cetera. And for me, that is what small groups do. Power of eight groups bring us back to a small tribe. Everybody's so lonely, so, you know, independently overworked, you know, time poor, et cetera. And have had less and less time for friendship groups and tribes. And I think that's what's so important. And finally, rediscovering the power of local is really, lots of people have been saying that too, but 
I think that is really important, supporting our local neighborhoods, communities. That's what we are supposed to be. We're supposed to be small, local, connected. And the idea of looking beyond money is another thing that I, I'd like to kick around to, is coming up with a different system because it's been a brilliant system, but it's also been a, a major destroyer. So these are things. I think we have an amazing opportunity here to do it better. And that's what we all have to put our time to as well, just saying, yeah, it's time to stand up for doing things better because I wanna leave you with one powerful thought. You are the most powerful person of all because you and everybody around you have the most powerful mechanism at your disposal, which is the power of your voice and your wallet. You can choose not to buy things. You can choose not to support things you don't like. You can choose all of that. And that can become a power that changes the world. Lynn, it is such an honor and such a treat to have had you on today. Thank you so much for sharing yourself so abundantly here with us on behalf of not just myself, who is in awe of having you here, also the Inspired Evolution audience and tribe, which I know at the end of this episode has also fallen in love with you. Thank you so much for doing this here with us. Um, as I mentioned before, all links coming your way will be in the show notes. And uh, yeah, on behalf of myself and the Inspired Evolution tribe and audience, we're wishing you all the best. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a real joy. Thank you so much for tuning into this amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, Please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. 
Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.